Welcome back to Voice of the Fire. Today I'm going to tell you a Tibetan folk tale. It's called The Umbrella Tree. Once there was a man named Paldin who was a great traveller. He had travelled all around the world and seen many wondrous and glorious sights. One day, while journeying through his homeland of Tibet, he came upon a vast forest, and in a clearing in the centre of the forest was a huge tree. The tree was very beautiful with leaves of dark green which spread like an umbrella over the surrounding land. Feeling tired, Paldin decided to rest for a while in the shade of the umbrella tree. Nestling down between the exposed roots of the mighty tree, he was soon asleep. Suddenly he woke with a start. It was pitch dark and there was a lot of noise. Very quietly he moved his body so that he could look around the large trunk of the umbrella tree. What he saw made him very frightened, for there in the inky blackness of night were hundreds of eyes, small and shining like the stars of the sky, the eyes of many different animals. Stealthily Paldin stood up, and very carefully so as not to disturb the animals, he climbed into the branches of the umbrella tree and looked down on the scene below. An enormous snow lion emerged from the darkness and sat under the tree, quickly followed by a fox, a bear, a monkey, and many other different animals and birds. All the animals and birds that lived in the vicinity of the great forest had sent a representative to this meeting. The snow lion, who was obviously the leader, looked around at the vast assembly of creatures and said, Good evening, everybody. And in reply, all the animals chattered and chirped the greetings to the snow lion and each other. Paldin had been so astounded by what he saw that he nearly fell from the branches of the tree when he heard the snow lion speak. Steadying himself on a strong branch, he peered wide-eyed at the meeting below. "'Tell me,' the snow lion said, "'how have you all fared today?' The wolf replied, "'I am very hungry.' I have travelled miles today and have not managed to find enough food. I have been lucky, said the turtle. I have enjoyed myself swimming and playing with the frogs. All the animals related their tales of the day, and as they did so, the snow lion made comments, nodded his head in agreement, shook his head in disgust, and every now and then offered some wise advice to the animal concerned. A silence fell over the meeting, and all the animals felt that it was time to return to their territories when a small cough was heard from the back of the crowd. <coughs> Excuse me, said a small voice. It was a monkey, very old and shriveled, who stood up and addressed the audience. I have a sad tale to tell you today. It concerns the stupidity of humans. Do tell us, said the snow lion, what have the humans been up to today? The monkey continued. I do wish I was a human, he said. 
If I was a human, I could do so much to make people happy. But as it is, they do not listen to the chatterings of an old monkey. Yeah, do get on with it, said the fox impatiently, and the rumble of discontent rose in the crowd. The snow lion raised a paw to silence him. Let the monkey tell his tale, he said. There is a family living by the river, the monkey said. They have a daughter, an only daughter, and she is very ill. For three months now, the girl has suffered from an injury to her leg, and the parents do not know how to make it better. Now, if I was a human, he continued, I would tell them how to heal their daughter's leg. All the animals nodded in agreement. Indeed, they all knew of the stupidity of humans. The monkey continued with his story. In front of the house there is a huge rock under which lives a frog. The frog is very ill and cannot move for lack of water. Now, if the girl's parents were to take that frog, place it on the golden tray from the household shrine, and carry it to the river, their daughter's leg would heal very quickly. The snow lion spoke. It is true, he said. The monkey knows the remedy for curing the girl's injured leg, but we have tried to speak with humans before, and they will not listen. They never listen. Now they must find their own way. After all the animals left, Paldin climbed down from the umbrella tree. He was very thoughtful and wondered what he should do. The animals have given me guidance, he thought. I must go and find the family in question, and help them to heal their daughter's injured leg. By the time Paldin reached the house, the sun had risen in the sky and morning was well advanced. Walking up to the door, he knocked loudly. His knock was soon answered by the father, who looked at him questioningly and asked what he wanted. I am a doctor, he replied. I have come to help your daughter. The father stood aside to let him enter the house and led him to the bed where his daughter was lying pale and ill near to death. Paldin knelt down beside the bed and took the girl's hand in his own. I will make you well again, he whispered, but the girl could not hear him. Paldin knew he must hurry if he was to save her life. Making his way to the outside of the house, he found the large rock and gently rolled it a few inches to one side. There sat the frog, dehydrated and dying for lack of water. Paldin asked the father to bring him a clean white scarf on the golden tray from the household shrine. Then he very carefully picked up the frog and laid him down on the tray, just as the monkey had indicated. Handing the tray to the father, Paldin told him to take the frog to the river and place him in the shallows. If you do so, he said, and the frog recovers, 
your daughter will be well again. The father did not understand the medicine that this strange doctor was advising, but he had tried everything to cure his daughter, all to no avail, and so he did as the man asked. When the father returned from the river, he was overjoyed to see that his daughter had indeed risen from her bed and was helping her mother already to prepare food in the kitchen. Turning to Palden, the father said, Everything I own that is precious is yours. Just name what you want, for you have saved our only daughter from death, and all the gold in the world could not repay you. Palden replied, I want nothing, just to make people happy. The father insisted that Palden stay and eat with them, and the great feast was prepared in his honour. All the neighbours came to the feast, and there was much happiness in the forest that evening, for all believed that a miracle had been performed. As darkness fell, Palden took leave of the family, and carrying gifts the day had heaped upon him, he made his way back to the centre of the forest, to the clearing in which stood the umbrella tree. By the time he arrived at the tree, the meeting was already in progress. All the animals were gathered and were relating their tales of the day to the snow lion. Slowly and quietly, Paldin crept up to the tree and climbed into the branches until he was hidden from sight. This time a tiger was talking about humans and telling of a family who lived on the far side of the forest, far from the river. They are so ignorant, the tiger said. Every day they travel miles to the river to fetch water. It is very difficult. Once again the animals nodded and grunted knowingly as the tiger continued his story. Now if I were them, he said, I would pull up the old tree stump that stands by their house, dig for three feet and there is all the water they could want. Pollen listened, and when the animals had finished he climbed down from the tree. Feeling extremely tired by now, he nestled in between the roots of the tree and fell into a deep sleep. But when he awoke, he immediately recalled the tiger's tale of the night before. Was it a dream, he thought? But when he gazed up into the spreading branches of the umbrella tree, he knew that what he had heard was quite true, and that he must find the family who so desperately needed water. Paldin reached the house just as the sun was slipping behind the horizon, but there was still enough light to see the large tree stump. He walked over to inspect it and saw that it was very deeply embedded in the ground. Oh, it will take the strength of fifty men to move this stump, he thought. So deeply is it rooted in the ground. He sat down by the stump, took some food from inside his chuba, ate and was soon fast asleep again. Morning broke. The birds of the forest were singing, and sounds of movement from within the house indicated that the family was up and making ready for the day. 
Paladin walked to the front door of the house, knocked, and called to those within to let him enter. When his call was answered by the woman of the family, Paladin asked her to give him some water, but she replied that they had little water for themselves and certainly could not give any away to strangers. We have to walk many miles every day, she said, for we live far from the river and have no other source of water near the home. Maybe I can help you, said Paladin, for I am skilled in such matters. <laughs> what do you want? asked the woman. If you help us to find water, all that we own is yours. All I want, said Paladin, is twenty-five yards of rope and twelve yaks. With these I will bring you all the water you could ever need. The woman called the rest of her family, and together they gathered the yaks and the rope. Paladin took the rope, tied it to the tree stump, and then to the twelve yaks. Driving the yaks, he made them pull and pull, until at last the stump was lifted from the ground. Then he asked the woman to call all her near neighbors, and to ask them to bring shovels with which to dig. Everyone assembled, and took turns digging into the hole left by the tree stump. Before long, water began to appear. Clear, fresh, spring water filled the hole and overflowed onto the ground. Everyone cried, laughed, jumped around for joy, hugging each other in their happiness. Suddenly a voice shouted from the crowd, Stop! Silence fell on the crowd, for the old man who had appeared and shouted the order was very wise and revered among the people. For sixty-five years, he said, I have tried to help these people. He turned to Paldon. I have seen their children grow and have children of their own. I have seen many people die, yet neither I nor any other man has been able to do what you have done. You are a very special person, the old man continued. You must be the leader of our people, for you have brought much joy into their hearts, and yet you ask for nothing. Paldon answered, I will do my best to lead the people of the forest, and to make them happy. I thank you for asking me, for I am just a humble man. With this, the crowd lifted Paldon onto their shoulders and carried him through the forest, proclaiming him the new leader. After several years had passed and Paldon had lived happily among his people, it happened that an old friend of his, hearing of his success, decided to pay a visit to the forest and find out how he had become so famous and well-loved. Paldon welcomed his friend with open arms. What brings you here, Kunjo? he asked. I wish to know, answered Kunja, what made you so successful? Oh, it is very simple, replied Paldon, and he told his friend the story of the umbrella tree and the meetings of the animals. Now Kunjo listened intently to Paldon's story, and thinking that he too would like to be a leader of the people, decided that he would find the umbrella tree and listen to the animals talking there. It will make me very rich and famous, Kunju thought. I will have all the gold and silver I desire. And so, that evening, taking leave of Paldon, 
Kunju made his way to the clearing in the center of the forest and climbed into the branches of the umbrella tree to await the arrival of the animals. Soon, in the darkness of night, lit only by the pale moonbeams which filtered through the branches of the trees, the animals arrived. Just as the animals were about to start their meeting, a loud crack was heard in the branches of the umbrella tree. The snow lion looked up, and just as he did, Joe Kunju fell right at the feet of a large bear. <sighs> said the bear. So someone is listening to our meeting. He grabbed Kunju in his powerful arms and, and hugged him until the breath had left his body, and he was dead. The animals and birds feasted that night, and all that was left of poor Kunjo, when the sun rose in the morning, was a few bones picked clean of their flesh by the carrion birds.